If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I bought you. <laughs> Welcome back. We are the Podfellas, and thanks once again for listening to our entertainment podcast. I am Myron, and joining me each week is Will. Konnichiwa. Each week, we will provide a film or TV review, followed by a deeper dive into a related topic. Today, we will be providing a review of The Way Back, starring Ben Affleck, and we will also be looking at our top five Ben Affleck moments. Top five Ben Affleck moments. Is that your trailer voice? That was my Ben Affleck when he was Batman voice. Ah. Ben Affleck. (laughs) Very nice. Batman. Well, you know, as always, we open up our episode with some small talk, and I think there is only one topic that we can really discuss. It's at the forefront of all of our minds, and that is... Really? What is it, Myron? Please hmm, tell us. It, it is uh, Ben Affleck's new girlfriend. Just kidding. <laughs> it's the it's the coronavirus. Um, it is affecting everybody around the world. There is not a country, there is not a person that isn't thinking about it at this very moment. Last time we were together, you and I, Will, uh, we were talking about how we were heading over to Vegas for a conference, and we were also talking about how uh, a month from that conference that we would be attending another conference, and bro, we were we, both we super were, stoked. We were talking about, bro, just how crazy our schedule was of so many different yeah. jobs and gigs, and we were just like, yeah, we're going to be so busy. And now we and have- here we are. Yeah. <laughs> So for those of you that don't know, Will is a freelancer and he's a very busy in-demand freelancer. And in the span of about a week, everything kind of just I'm very open, apart. guys. I, I am very available. Yes. It, it, I don't know how this <laughs> happened. Like, it's, I mean... When's the last time like something like this has happened, actually, where it was like a, such a pandemic, I guess? I don't think I've ever... I don't know. I, from what I heard, it was in the early 1900s with like the Spanish flu, if I'm not mistaken. Sure. Fact checkers, let me know if I'm wrong. It was like 1916 or 1918 where things were getting canceled left and right. Mm. Um, but with, it's crazy. Like, you know, for us, we film things. We film people. If we're not supposed to be around people, then we don't really have, uh, you know, a job. Work. Yo, you nothing. Know, if, if we have stuff in the can, we have to edit. You know, that's great. Great. And fortunately, um, you know, with my company, I, I have some stuff, you know, I, I'm working on now. But for all the freelancers out there in the industry like Will, it's hitting us hard. It's hitting you guys hard. It's hitting. Yeah, it literally is hitting everyone hard in general. Like even my girlfriend was a hairstylist. Just, yeah. They have to actually put a, 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 uh, a precaution to those saying if you are sick, please cancel like your appointment. Like don't do not come in. So they have to push away people not for the sake of um, them actually having clients cancel on them, but more in the sense of like, if you have any symptoms, do not come in. Yeah. So they have to push away people, which sucks because th- then they're obviously losing money. Yeah. Um, side note, I wonder what kind of conferences they had back in 1916. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it. I think for all of us, it became real. Uh, I believe it was March 11th. I know this because my wife and I were um, having dinner for our three-year anniversary and then we found out that Rudy Gobert, the center for the Utah Jazz, um, got the, the coronavirus. And not only that, but like a week before that, he thought it would be funny to touch everyone's mics at a news conference, which in hindsight is very poor judgment in, on his part. And not only that, but he gave it to two other NBA players. So fired. Yeah. And then I think what happened was pretty much the virus has shut down our way of life. When you think of Americans, you think of what we like to enjoy. We go to the movies, we watch sports, we go to Disneyland. All of that is done. It's gone. But even even as simply as we like to hang out with friends yeah. and just go have a kickback. Mm-hmm. 
uh, looking at what the media says and just some are being overly exaggerated and paranoid and some are being more level-headed. All in all, like for me, it's like I look at what the CDC says and what WHO says, uh, just keeping certain distance, being precautious and hygiene. And, you know, I say this um, not not in the sense that I don't take this seriously. I completely do because as my dad is diabetic and he has a kidney transplant and he has high blood pressure, he, there's a lot that I know is at risk and he lives with me. So I know I have to keep my distance and, and, and it's more for his sake than mine. And I know, Myron, that you also have your father as well who is in yeah. the best condition as yeah, well. Yeah, he's diabetic yes, in his so, 80s. Yeah. So it's really looking out for those um, who who have conditions or that are at higher, such a higher risk. So. Yeah, and so what I kind of want to talk about now is just um, during these stressful times, um, it's great to see people um, taking care of their fellow man. Um, yesterday, uh, my family was at home and we watched uh, our church service and, uh, you know, they closed shop, but they were streaming it for us. And then, uh, the, the teachers, uh, for the children's ministry, they got together and put together an entire program for the kids. And during this time when, when we're all stuck, just to see people going out there, spending their time, um, creating content and creating, um, opportunities for people to smile, you know, it, it's special and it's great. You know, we see a lot of stupid things right now you know we've seen the riots at costco people stealing toilet paper from each other kind of get the costco i know right so good <laughs> we've seen so much of how bad man can be but we've also seen examples of how good man can be um so i, I encourage all of you just to take care of each other be selfless be smart you know take care of yourselves but also take care of one another you know i think that is just so important at a time like this and i did see actually your um, your ministry for the, for the kids, um, was yeah. it your, your wife posted a story and I thought, yeah. wow, like it looked so awesome. Yeah. Our son miles loved it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was brilliant and it was really well done and, and, and just smart in the way how they were able to keep your church going in that sense. Yeah. You know, I think for my church, it was crazy. Cause like we did also shut down and I think there's like a record of social streaming, live streaming of, I think 29,000 people, uh, chimed in, which was crazy mm. it just blew my mind i was like wow so yeah yeah you know they they are encouraging social dis- distancing but i think you know there's still a sense of community yeah though. yeah as bad as social media can be portrayed i think in some ways it can be really really good and i think this is a great opportunity even though we can't be around each other physically to be there for each other through social media through chat groups so i encourage all of you to just stay connected find community um find friends and just you know um, laugh, have a good time, and you know, just talk. You know, it's so ironic though that we say this because, contrary to to you know, like majority of believes us, it's so funny how we looked at social media, we looked at we looked at all these things as a way to dis uh, of disconnecting with community, finding a way to dissing yourselves and being like not in the moment yeah. of 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 your community. It's and, so ironic. It's, it's the biggest irony now that we look at this as our me- only means of connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, this is the way we. It's a very good point there. It is so crazy that that this kind of pandemic specifically also brings us together yeah. uh, when we can't physically be together. Yeah. So there are a lot of questions that I have uh, uh, as it pertains to what we do. Uh, we review film and TV content. 
So my big question is, with theater shutting down, I know movies are getting postponed. How are the studios going to react if this thing gets prolonged? And I, I mean, I have a solution out there. I don't know if, if uh, you know, anyone's Tell us, listening. Myron. Well, Tell us your solution. I have a thought here. You know, the theater theaters still have to make their profit, right? And the studios still want to make their money. Uh, we all are turning to streaming services right now for entertainment to kind of get our mind off things. I know AMC has a streaming service. Why doesn't AMC just stream brand new movies to the home and just ask us to pay a premium? If they ask me to pay $25 to $30 to watch Mulan or No Time to Die in my house, I would gladly pay that. I think it's just complicated because yeah. it's the solution loophole where you can say, yeah, you pay $25 for, or $35 for a premium to watch a specific film. However, if you were to say, hey, I'm going to gather 10 of my friends or eight of my friends or whatever, have yeah. many friends to come and chime in and, and to come and watch you mean, right? Yeah. And, and, and pay like maybe $4 or so or less than $4 yeah. for, for a movie or an average movie ticket yeah. that, that, that basically then they see that as from yeah. a business standpoint, we're still losing money. Yeah. This is uncharted waters to be sure. Um, in 1916, I don't think they had massive <laughs> tentpole movies that are being delayed, you know. Do you think they had horse carriage conferences though? Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. The, the best the best the best horse carriages, <laughs> new inventions. Yeah. So, I mean, but all in all, you know, bottom line is that we're going to get through this. We're, we're you know, humankind has always been able to overcome and and press through even like the worst of the worst obviously this isn't the worst of the worst i mean you think about the black plague that was that or was even uh terrible. world war you know world war as well true so um yeah funny enough to like how, how are you handling some of the media and and some of the conspiracies that people are having you think it's just a it's just one big fat joke uh i take it with a grain of salt yeah. um the conspiracy theories may or may not be true. Some of them sound like they could be believable, but I am just trying to focus in on uh, our family, uh, our my, you know my job, things as it stands for the people that I know, my friends, um, you know, people in my community, my church, and I'm just trying to keep it local, trying to stay safe, and trying to just take care of you know the people in my in my neighborhood. So nice. And and speaking of church and whatnot, I mean, I mean, regardless of your belief, regardless of uh, where you stand. I mean, Myron and I, we just want to take a moment for, yeah. you know, uh, like just a one minute's uh, moment of silence for those who either have lost one, loved ones or, or are thinking of those who are affected by this. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, you know, for us, yes, we are both Christian people, but at the same time, like we don't disregard others who don't have share that same beliefs. We respect, you know, all your guys's anyone's, uh, uh, stance. We just want to take that moment of respect in, in to, to give that silence to those who are affected by this. And we just hope and pray that this will, the CDC and who will find a vaccine, uh, that this will come to a solution to where uh, we can be able to go back to our normal lives and and at the same time become more connected and stronger. Like when 9-11 happened, right, the U.S. really came together and, and really connected. I hope that this can also just be that much more as well to, to have us all connected, but not just from the U.S., but the entire world in that sense. So, mm. Yeah, so let's take a minute right now and then we'll come right back.
All right, we are back and uh, looking forward to future episodes. We want to let all of you know that we are going to keep pumping out content to the best of our ability. However, just as a precaution and also because theaters are shutting down, we are switching over uh, to streaming content, which actually does not affect our episode for next week because Will and I were going to review nah. to all the boys I've loved before, parts one and two. But here's what's going to be really interesting. In the middle of that, I mean, the... The uh, the movies are based on a book, and the book is based on uh, you know an an Asian girl, a Korean girl, right? I'm so, such a cynic. I'm sorry, but still, it's okay. Ugh. But then uh, to go along with our reviews, here's something that might pique your interest a little more. Will we're gonna have a little roundtable? We're gonna be bringing Steve O. Cheng back as well as hey. our friend Andrew O. Hey, and we're gonna have a discussion on the current state of Asians in the film and TV industry. That should be fun. Don't you? That's think? gonna be great. I, I I yeah, I love that. I just man to all the to all the boys, all the girls, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. I'm still. I know I'm gonna watch it still. Keep an open mind, Will. I am. I have friends who actually, you know, non-Asian friends actually who have watched it. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> this is this is kind of hard for me to. It's admit. a very well-reviewed film. I, At least part I, one was. I don't know about part two. I haven't checked. So here's here's the funny thing. My girlfriend and his sister have watched it, and they actually liked it. And I was like, please don't say that to me right now. <laughs> and they say they watched part two, and and it wasn't as good as part one. But they, I, I, I can't help but to laugh because my sisters also have said this of who, I don't know who the actor, lead actor guy is, but they're all like, dude, he's hot. And I was like, what? I, I was just like, what? In the, even my girlfriend and, 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 and her sister were like, oh, yeah, the first movie of, with all the, to all the boys, man, he was good looking. I was like, what in the world is going on right now? I don't know. I have to watch. I, well, I have to watch it yeah. against my will. <laughs> but We're going to do a good review, an impartial review, Will, whether you like it or not, sir. Yeah, I know. Yep. I know. And then for future episodes, we will be reviewing content as it comes. Uh, this is, like I said, we, we had a, a calendar of things we wanted to cover. That calendar is in the trash can now. So <laughs> we'll figure it out as we go, ladies and gentlemen. Temporarily. Temporarily. Not, not, yeah, it's just a temporary. It's not in the trash can. It's just yeah. temporarily on hold. Yep. Anyways, we have an email now. Any thoughts, comments, drop us a line at thepodfellaspodcast at gmail.com. And if anyone asks, let them know that our episodes can be found on the Apple Podcasts app, Google Play, as well as Spotify. Now, real quick, we, we actually got a suggestion from one of our listeners. Y'all are streaming pretty heavily right now. That's yes. a guarantee. Um, so I wanted to ask you this question, Will, before we get into our episode. Name five things that you can stream right now that uh it, that can be enjoyable there's no uh top five system just name five things that you like that people can watch right now go okay so first one is i i the kingdom and the kingdom i will say it is a korean um uh show. series yeah, on netflix show on netflix however it is not a korean drama i just want to get that straight and clear yeah it's cinematically beautiful it it's, is so well done i was so surprised my caucasian friend actually is the one that told me to watch this and season two just came out right it just came out i'm already on episode four and there are only six episodes for each season so yeah easily you can easily watch it all in two weeks no, right? gr yes and granted i mean they're 55 minutes long each so granted if you want to take a whole day and do that sure but like my friend who who kept pushing me to watch this it it is a he loves zombies he loves horror, and and this is that is what this is is a zombie series, and in in, in the in, in in ancient Korea. yeah Korea dynasty in Korean yeah. dynasty, yeah. and 
I have to say it is really well done. Okay. So that's that that that's uh, one. That's one. Yeah. Second one is I'm not gonna lie. It it, it I I am not the biggest fan of reality, but this one definitely uh, took the cake for me, and that is Love Is Blind. The number one show on Netflix. It is crazy. Did you finish it? Not yet. We're all, oh no, 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 we did. We saw the reunion. Yeah, oh. we fi- I finished it last <laughs> night with my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I kind of fell asleep during the reunion episode, but like. Uh, before that episode everything else was just hilarious it was it was everything actually what you said it was just like what the hell yeah what in the world is going on and and, but you cannot look away i couldn't look away but yeah but it was really interesting because of the fact that it was it really was more of a social experiment than anything and i took it as that than a reality tv show that that was awesome that was great um I mean, other TV shows, like, I think we've already done Review the Boys. It's still, if you haven't watched it yet, watch the boys. It actually, like I said, I, I didn't like the first few episodes, like three or four episodes, because of what I felt like was missing or I, what I wanted early on. However, it is actually a great hmm. series on Amazon. And that's something that you should definitely uh, check out is the boys if you haven't yet. Um, another one would be... Uh, I mean, documentaries. I guess for me, it's just documentaries in general. Any documentary that you're interested in, whether it's food. Uh, like for me, Anthony Bourdain, I can watch that over and over again. I love Parts Unknown. Those those shows are great. And, and I think that they can never get old because for me, even though Anthony Bourdain is not with us anymore, there's always something something new that you can really grab from him as you, as you watch it over again. Um, another... An, um, and I believe my last one is actually an, another docu series, The Chef Show. I love John Favreau. Mm, I freaking I love John Favreau. I love Roy Choi. I think that they've done such a great job with their series of The Chef Show. I think that the diversity that they bring in with uh, the, the 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 tradition of food and 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 when it comes to the culture aspect of it, and and just them enjoying uh, what it takes just to make good food is so much fun to watch yeah it is really fun I, I they have a good chemistry together great chemistry. and john doesn't john seem like such a nice guy john seems to me john favreau the more i see the show the more I, I i think i get a great sense of who he is as a person to where he is so much like living as a student always learning always in school always in class to to really be hungry for more uh, no pun intended but like just so much <laughs> Just, and he's been eating a lot lately, as you yeah, can tell. <laughs> but he's not have been he hasn't been eating crap though. He's been eating some good food. Nice. But I think the biggest thing that I take away from that show, especially from uh from from the chef show, is the 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 history of what some of these dishes are made from. And it's so true because I think you can agree, Myron, like a lot of the food that we grew up eating, uh, when it comes to Korean dishes, it, it's like peasant food. And I, and, and I remember when my mom would make like kimchi jjigae or, 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 or like bokeumbap, some stuff like that. Like the stuff that are so simple to make have become a cuisine, have become something yeah. more for restaurants now to, to kind of cater to a, a higher standard or something yeah. like that, right? For those of our listeners that don't know what Will was referring to, bokeumbap is fried rice mm-hmm. and kimchi jjigae is kimchi stew. Yes, Very kimchi good. with tofu, or you can yeah. have some uh, pork, pork or belly, beef, pork yeah. belly, or even beef, beef in it. It is so. It is very delicious. My yeah. mom makes it all the time. But it's just crazy how we look at those things. And and I will admit, there are certain restaurants where they'll serve it and they like charge up the yeah up the ante. And I'm just like, what? 
you know, and, yeah. and, and it doesn't taste the same. Yeah. It's just interesting. So. Yeah. For like, you know, new people new to a Korean food, it's like a delicacy, it you is know, such a delicacy. and you don't know that all kimchi stew is, is kimchi <laughs> boiled in water yes. with some meat in there, So, funny. but it's so good though. There is an artistry to it though. I it will is. say yeah. because there's different styles, but, yeah. but at the end of the day for me, as long as it tastes home cooked. Yeah. Oh, oh well. you got it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Is that, is that your five? Uh, do you have any more? That's my five. So what about you, Myron? All right, so I, for my five, I decided to pick some that most of you probably haven't seen. So, um, of course, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, that's a given. What, what the heck is wrong with you? That's not on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, so here are five things that I think you all should watch and that you're going to love. First off, there is a documentary on vegetarianism on Netflix called The Game Changers watch it um you know i'm not saying that if once you do you're going to be a vegetarian right after but it does give us an interesting uh take on um what a meat diet does for you and what a vegetarian diet can potentially do for you arnold schwarzenegger comes out in it It, it's he's one of his funny lines from the past is uh someone punches him and he says you hit like a vegetarian right (laughs) but then he himself after heart surgery went full vegetarian well maybe not full but um he basically said he his uh blood pressure his cholesterol have dropped he has more energy than ever and as he's getting back in shape he basically attributes that to his diet um another study they had in there was the tennessee titans they weren't doing so well uh, in the season this was a couple of years back and then uh, one of the players switched to vegetarianism and then he his chef or and his wife um started to uh cook vegetarian meals for the team and all of a sudden the energy got better their stamina got better and then they made the playoffs now i don't know if all this it can be attributed to their diet yeah but check it out it offers a convincing case and the great thing about documentaries is you know you can judge it for yourself to see you know if you think it's true or if you think it's bs exactly so, yeah so that is one the Strings. other thing uh other uh show that I would like to recommend is a show called The Crown. Now, yeah. this is one of those shows that I think a lot of you have heard of, but probably haven't watched because I'm pretty sure all of you don't necessarily find British dramas about the royal family as the most compelling type of stuff to watch. It but is kind of slow, but beautifully I love it. shot. I, I love it. I love it. Peter Morgan is a showrunner. He wrote most of the episodes, and I love anything he writes. He's phenomenal. Um, seasons one and two was with Claire Foy. Season three is out currently with Academy Award winner Olivia Coleman. I have only seen the first two episodes of it. I will be finishing it up over the next two weeks, but it's phenomenal. Check it out. It's a little bit of a slow burn, um, but if you're re- if you're just willing to invest some time into it, you will be rewarded. So I can't that's, I can't get enough of the intro. I think the intro yeah. is just done so freaking phenomenal with the camera panning over the crown. Yeah, but yeah. and the, but the, but then when you look at the 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 elements of what the chemical of what they're using the the metal of the crown being formed, I, I was just like, this yeah. is a freaking great intro. Yeah. yeah, and I think you know for most people, yeah, it's a slow burn, but it is you know the British you know they're so posh. It yeah. is so clean. Yeah. So beautifully done. I loved it too. And I, and I agree though, but I, I think it's, it's, you got to just really take your time with it. Yep. That's uh two. Uh, the third thing I recommend go watch frozen two. It just came out on <laughs> Disney plus as crazy as it sounds. I feel mixed about the movie, but the fact is it hit Disney plus pretty dang early. So I will say though that uh, it, it's worth a watch and watch it with your kids. Uh, I watched it with my son yesterday. He actually got through about an hour of it before you got antsy and wanted to leave the room, but uh, well, it's, it's worth it. And the fact that they released it so early, I think is great for us. They're being very generous. 
normally things won't come to streaming for, I don't know, another month or two. So check out Frozen 2. That is my third recommendation. My fourth recommendation is something that re- we reviewed a couple of weeks ago and also that we'll recommend it. Go watch The Boys. It's about eight episodes yes. long, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, if you stick with it, it is going to be really fun and amazing. And season two will be coming out in July, I, I'm thinking. So check that out. Lastly, uh, I recommend that all of you do yourself a favor and watch Fleabag on Amazon Prime. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Season one may not be for everybody, but I guarantee you 200% that if you can get through season one, and you even if you're not the biggest fan, season two will pay off in spades, and you will be laughing, crying, hurting, and feeling joy throughout all of season two. You're going to love it. So those are my five recommendations, and we'll give you his five recommendations. And now I'd like to jump into our movie review. So here is a trailer for the film The Way Back, starring Ben Affleck. What's going on with you? What's new? Not much. I hate the idea of you down there by yourself all the time. Just drinking. I'm fine. I appreciate it. But it's... I'm fine. Ever since I heard the howling wind I suppose you're wondering why I called you over here. I didn't need to go where a Bible went. Our basketball coach had a heart attack the other night. We need a new coach, Jack. And you know your gifts seem heaven sent. Is the team any good? No. The last time they made the playoffs, back when you were playing. Let's go, line up. You're Marcus, right? That's right. How many threes did Marcus make last year? A percentage of 26. Yeah. Want to know why they're leaving you open? It's because they don't think you could hit the ocean from the beach. Oh. <laughs> Yo, he just spit backs at your ass, bro. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how you house the sin. So how you like the coaching so far? Great. Just getting used to the players. What players? I was never sure how much of you I could let in. I heard you're coaching basketball. Yeah. Keeps me busy. Keeps my mind off other things, you know. Once you settle down, baby, you love is I spent a lot of time hurting myself. Heavenly Father. I made a lot of bad decisions. Don't carry other names. I had a lot of regrets. online, I want you taking that shot. Why is that so hard for you to believe? What? That you're the best player on the team. I know you're suffering. I just want you to be happy again. But you gotta want it too. Keep pressing, trapping, taking charges. You guys earned this tonight. All right, we are back from break, and we got a little bit of sad news here. Uh, Will? Ah, damn it all, dude. <laughs> I had a shoot for actually uh, for Google uh, in San Francisco that was supposed to come up this Thursday, uh, Wednesday. Uh, and this was actually supposed to have been in South by Southwest was, originally, right? Yes, it was supposed to be at South by Southwest Conference uh, in Austin. And they're trying to uh, like survive it by having us fly out then to uh, their headquarters in San Francisco. But I just got news from my producer right now that it's been canceled. Um, 
I, it's, I guess you can't be out in the streets if it's not essential and there's a chance you may be stranded. So he said it was for the best. And yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, this this month is just brutal. Especially yeah. for any like for freelancers specifically and, and whatnot. So, yeah. you know, I mean, in, in the end, like I, if, if it's one thing that you want to know about me specifically, I'm just a guy who uh, keeps his head up moves forward, uh, knows his worth in, in the work that we, you know, that in the work that I do, that I'm just going to press forward and, and do whatever it takes to keep living through life. And, you know, at least, I, and I'm just, just happy to know that I was smart enough to, to have a good amount of savings and, and to have these situations well handled. Yeah. Handle. yeah. And I think, I think that's just a good thing too, that, um, for anyone out there, like, look, I know this is a rare occasion, Hopefully, like that, that this something like this won't happen uh, again in at least in our lifetime. But to just be wise about your finances, wise about you know just the things that absolutely you, uh, 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 just your choices um, in in life. Because when stuff like this happens, it can like it, it can get really hard. Like I, I urge you, anyone out there, like hey, save, save, put away money do whatever it needs to that you need to do but at the same time don't lose hope know that you can press on know that there are that that, that we can come together and 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 provide and help for those who are in need yep so anyways it's all good it's all good it'll get better will it will yeah i know yeah. i know thanks for that let's just get on with it uh, and go into the review just get on with it <laughs> get on with it now just get drama <laughs> <laughs> all right let's just go into the review now um Here's a quick summary of the film. Jack Cunningham, played by Ben Affleck, was in was a high school basketball phenom who walked away from the game, forfeiting his future. Years later, when he reluctantly accepts a coaching job at his alma mater, he may get one last shot at redemption. Now, I wanted to go ahead and ask you first, Will, what did you think about this film? This story and overall the film, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I think it was great. Um, the ensemble cast all had great chemistry and Ben really drove his character to a place where he once was in actual life that that gave the film so much more emotional layers and depth that in and of itself captivated my attention because coming from a place where he overcame his alcoholism this is real life to people like this is what he actually I remember uh, Myron sent me uh, a YouTube video of his interview with Diane Sawyer it, it was just amazing because where he overcame his alcoholism and having to revisit that for this role seems so dangerous to me i think it was almost cathartic for him so the story is i think he just got out of rehab and went into the filming of this film um it's dangerous to me it is like it's just wow let me ask you this will um when you were watching the movie and you saw a man struggle with alcoholism did you think he was basically playing himself to an extent, yes, because I think there's nothing better than to really hone in on the realism of, of what you're trying to really uh, exude for the audience of a character than to find an actual real place of where it stems from. And for Ben, I think that that was no, uh, that, that was no problem, I guess, in that sense. Now, mm. granted, like, uh, well, how big of a problem it may have been for him to kind of keep that mentality and stable mind. Granted, I know that uh, obviously all the drinks that were on the set were probably not real beer, but just the fact that he had to get that 
uh, mental state of mind, I, I, I was just like, wow, I can only imagine just what he, what was going through. And it felt so real to me in that sense. Um, speaking of that connection of his mental state of mind and emotion, like I think Ben also has a way to really connect with his emotions to the viewer, at least for myself. And it comes through with such authenticity. Yeah. He doesn't even have to say much. It's just the way he was shot in the context of the Completely. scene. And he was just in the moment and he did a great job. I think that, um, uh, redirecting now to Gavin Connor, the director. I yeah. think he did a beautiful job and captured this addiction drama with ease, telling it simply, yeah. but with gravity. It was a very simple story. Simple story, but it, you know, but he he had a really like it really made it heavy. He was able to really give that heaviness of what this kind of situation of addiction, um, uh, especially where it stems from, like how he can really make it heavy. You know. Uh, with the technical aspects of this film, I thoroughly enjoy the like the choice of color correction. When I, you know when it comes to certain films, uh, there's nothing better than like when you really look at the way how it's colored, because that really uh, exudes the the mood of how you react to that. I think like, obviously color always makes people react in a certain way. And I think that they've always expressed that in terms of like, you know, when you do interior design in your house, whatever, like things will express in that way. And I think that that dramatic self semi-muted colors mixed with soft lighting, it, it, it just, it just did that for me. It really felt that dramatic and, and it felt even more, it got me even more deeper into, into this whole film. Uh, the camera work. Uh, I love how the camera work wasn't so stylized in terms of cinematic movements. It was a bit more raw and loose to kind of really uh, have you in the moment of the authenticity along with Ben Affleck's struggle, uh, once struggle of, of his alcoholism. So I really, really like that. Um, the only thing that I couldn't, it wasn't so much I didn't like about this film. It was the only difficult thing of me trying to connect was his alcoholism and being a coach for his former high school basketball team who haven't won a game since his graduation. Uh, I think that something wasn't clicking for me, and that's where I wanted to see if you can so tell me what's not clicking. Let's, uh, I think the question is, is this. Uh, as the team starts to do better, we don't technically on film see him drinking. So mm. were you asking, is he drinking? Is he not? Is this helping? Is it not? Are we just not seeing him drink? Is that what it was? To me, it was more like, I, it's just I, the way how I was trying to connect the dots was like, or, or wasn't connecting the dots, was like he's he's he has a struggle. I'm not sure where, like obviously in the film early on, throughout the film, we don't know where it's stemming from really. And so when he gets asked to be hired as a coach, all I thought was like, okay, um, He's being asked by his by his former for his pastor at his former high school to coach because some incident with his former coach with the other coach and and he just sees this as an outlet. I I didn't really connect the dots of him seeing oh, this yeah. as an outlet to to kind of uh, curb his alcoholism, I guess in a sense. So you didn't see him grapple with a decision to take on the job. Is not, that what it was? Not really. Yeah. Like I well I, I I mean there was that scene where he was grappling with it. Yeah. It was just not while connected. drinking in the shower. Well, yeah, <laughs> dude. No, when when we talk about him drinking in this film, he is freaking drinking every scene. It is, it is like basically every scene, and 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 so yeah, it, the the whole idea of him and his struggle addiction is very much evident. Maybe over 
maybe a bit much more than we, we than we would need. But but for him to make this decision of being a coach, I was just like, I don't know. Like there wasn't much dialogue really between why he was struggling between choosing to coach and not to coach. I guess remember in that one scene where he was trying to figure like he was basically role playing of him calling the 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 pastor. Um, so I was just like, is this a filler or is this just like one of those stories where it's just the way how it rolled played out, you know, that, that was the only thing, but you know, um, I understand the history of why he played basketball in the first place, but I thought at first that the, that he came back to redeem himself. However, it didn't seem as if that was the case that, that was, that was still, I was trying to connect with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, in in the film itself, there's so many good moments though. Mm-hmm. There's so many good moments. Uh from Ben putting the players in their place when he first walks in the first training session with them, like one of the players who got the lowest percentage for three point shots, even though he got the most, but the lowest percentage. Most attempts, but the lowest percentage. Lowest yeah, yeah most attempts and the lowest percentage. Like he's basically saying like he couldn't you know, the opponents knew he couldn't hit the ocean from the beach. I thought that was a hilarious bit yeah. right there. The other great scene was when one of the players came back begging after he was kicked off uh, of the team to to be uh, back on the team because basketball is all he ever loved, and that he'll be more respectful. Like like those the, the, those moments of of emotional like connection, like really, I, I thought those were endearing, and especially the scene when being being told by the pastor to be more Christ-like because his coaching skills was very crass. It was just so much cursing. It was just hilarious like that scene when you have to watch it when you watch this one it's, it's so funny other than that any surprises i'm thinking in my head like i will say that the ending like i can't say what happens because it is a spoiler but that ending man that 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 um was so powerful in a sense because the 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 when you when you watch the film the the juxtaposition of where he is and where his players, and are. His players yeah. are, I I was like, wow, like that that was so well done. Hmm. It was very tasteful. It had it, it it just really had so much depth and meaning to that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so well done. In the end. it was a really strong ending. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, dude, this film really for me was about redemption and and especially forgiving oneself. I think that was the biggest yeah. thing. Was and that, even just knowing the need to forgive oneself because sometimes you don't see it. And I feel no. like he, his character didn't see it. But one of the big turning moments, turning points for him is just seeing that what, seeing what he did wrong and coming to terms with it and apologizing to the people that he needed to. Yeah, that's my, my take. I mean, great. I know you had so much more to love on this film. Yeah. Let, I, I, like, let, me, let me hear your thoughts. Uh, well, what I liked, I loved Ben Affleck's performance. Uh, we've seen alcoholism and alcoholics on film quite a bit. And when you see someone drinking their sorrows away on camera, it can tend to look really cliched. But for some reason, mm-hmm. it felt very different here. It might be because we know of Ben Affleck's struggles with alcoholism himself. And maybe because of that, it felt more he authentic. Did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure what it was, but it just felt more real here. And um, I also liked how the exposition was delivered. Um, we know that there is a mountain of stress that he is dealing with, a mountain of pain, and that's why he drinks so much. But we aren't immediately told uh, what where that pain stems from. Yeah. We are told later, but we are told the information that we need to know right before it becomes uh, valuable to the plot. And I, b- I believe that that's one of the reasons why 
uh, this movie flowed so well. We weren't given too much too early and it was never delivered in like cheesy dialogue or anything clunky at all. So I did appreciate that quite a bit. They did a great job in that actually too. Cause when that, the amount of alcohol he was drinking, I thought yeah. who the freak drinks that freaking they, when they show him drinking, yeah, they show him drinking yeah. so much. Never seen shower drinking before. <laughs> that, that was quite interesting. Really? <laughs> yeah. I could have met. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. is there a confession you'd like to make nope, today nope, I, I held myself back on that one <laughs> um, i also love this portrayal of overcoming problems because it was real in a movie what usually happens is someone has a problem they overcome it and then they succeed and mm. everything works out perfectly but the reason why this movie uh, works so well is because it is an accurate portrayal of life meaning uh, in your journey to uh, success or overcoming an obstacle it is never a linear route um, I'm getting this from an article I read. It was a review of the film. I don't recall who had written it, but what they said was like the journey to the mountaintop is rarely a linear path. Sometimes it requires starts and stops and falling back down and crawling back up, but ultimately you will get there. That's good. Yeah. So that that's basically what this movie does. And uh, I, I appreciate it and applauded the filmmakers for uh, showing uh, alcoholics journey as it really is. You know, sometimes they fall and they have to get back on the wagon. And so this this confronts I th- that. I think you really then answered, you know, my question when I was trying to figure out that connection with the whole basketball and whatnot is that, yeah, it, it, it's not so much that it has to be so linear. It, yeah. it, it isn't linear yeah. with people's addictions. It's just, it's, it's yeah. an arduous journey yeah. and some things don't have to make sense. It's, it's not just, a traditional cinematic journey, A to B no. line, straight line. It, it is it, very yeah. authentic. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That, you know, you don't have to make sense of it. It's just people have the uh, sometimes people's life have the process in that yeah. sense. What's funny is uh, I watched it with my wife um, on our anniversary night. And this is probably going to be the last movie that we watch in a theater in quite a while. She thought it was a true story in the way that it was uh, portrayed. Wow. Um, but the it truth is, is sense. Well, just his alcohol. Yeah, but it's not a direct true story. No, it's but not. because of that, it almost feels more authentic because, you know, there's not like if most true stories are about characters that succeed a very in a very linear path um this doesn't do that and uh, for some reason because it wasn't a true story the story felt more real Mm. that's also something that i read in in a review of the film and i agree with it wholeheartedly those are the things that i liked Uh, what i didn't like there honestly there isn't much to not like here i could say that some of the supporting characters seemed a bit weak but i think that is really because we are we see the whole character we see the whole story from ben affleck's eyes uh, jack cunningham's eyes and the people come in and out of the story um, only through his perspective. And the first half of the movie, he's a very self-centered individual. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why maybe the characters felt a little two-dimensional is because his character, Jack Cunningham, that's how he saw these people. They are just like literally like cardboard cutouts in his life as he dealt with the pain that he's been dealing oh, with. Oh, great analogy. Yeah. True. Uh, my favorite moment is, you know, it's a sports movie. There's always a big win, and there's one here. Um, the, and so I did appreciate that quite a bit. It came earlier than in the film than I thought it would, and that's because there's more journey to be had after. It was cliche, but it felt earned because we saw how much Ben Affleck was struggling throughout the movie. And, you know, with its timing, you know more was coming, and you felt as though whatever coming was going to be bad. And I think because of that, it, the fact that it was so cliche, it's almost forgivable. The movie didn't end on a high note the way you thought it would. What surprised me was one of the performances, actually. Um, one of the players, his name is Brandon Durrett, and he's played by an actor named Brandon Wilson. Now, this character, he plays the son of 
a man who uh, was also a big basketball star, but oh, basketball yeah. didn't take him anywhere. So he discourages his son quite a bit from playing, but he lets his son play anyway. So the son is really good, but he almost carries a weight. Like maybe basketball isn't what he should be doing because that's what his father is telling him all the time. I feel like there was a lack of information there. Yeah, a little bit. Where I thought, yeah, you got scholarships too, and he works as a fisherman like or in, on, a, on, a, on a pier, I guess, yeah. you know? I don't know. Like it just seemed like... Like you got a Fulbright scholarship to to a college and 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 still having the op- opportunity to to major and study, you know what would yeah. benefit you. I feel like that there was just a bit of lack of information there. I guess yeah. I don't know where his father maybe didn't have enough drive, but you can see it in the son. You you could see it in the son that he has so much drive in the yeah. love of, of the of this of, of basketball the game. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I did appreciate his performance. He was played by Brandon Wilson. Um, he had a quiet strength about him. He was shy, but had a, an, an, he had a lot of charisma. He commanded the screen, and I thought that um, he did a great job, and I think we're going to see quite a bit of him. This is crazy. It might be an over-exaggeration of it. For me, I don't think so. Uh, for this actor, Brandon Wilson, he had a certain element of like Gosling, Ryan Gosling, when he was in the film Drive, where he was conveying a ton of information mm. with barely saying anything at all. Mm. So I thought he had that same level of, of charisma on screen. So I can't wait to see what he does next. Brandon Wilson, keep on the lookout for him. In terms of themes, I discussed it earlier, but one big theme that I enjoyed and really reson- that, that really resonated with me is the idea that self-realization and progress can be made only after big setbacks. It's oftentimes not true that um, success comes in a linear path and sometimes you have to fall and when you fall sometimes you see the the biggest truths in your life and those truths sometimes push us to then you know push forward and succeed in a way that we maybe wouldn't have without those failures so that's um, one big reason why I did love the movie and why it resonated with me so much so that is my review of the film I wanted to go in and ask you quick question the, though yeah quick question uh, for me because of how you said Hannah uh, thought it was uh, inspired by a true story or was a true story, um, I realized, you know, when I see any film and it has the template in the beginning of saying inspired by a true story before the film starts, like I'm able to accept the film a bit more because of how it actually kind of played out in, in everyday life. But because it didn't, that's where like there are certain things that seem to be a little bit questionable, right? But how amazingly well done that it did reflect Ben Affleck's actual s- struggle of alcoholism. Do you think that like if it did say inspired by a true story, that a lot of the things that you may have found to be questionable uh, be more acceptable? I guess. Um, I, that is a difficult question to answer. Something I'm gonna have to probably Does that make sense? probably think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Probably something that I would have to think a lot more about. That's what I thought to myself. Yeah. Like, I was like, you know what? If it did say that, would I have taken this film in, in the to, acceptance of how, why he got connected with basketball and all this stuff? Like, to, to be honest, when you say inspired by a true story, I think people generally have certain expectations on the path that the movie will take. Hmm. Um, I think that when people see that, they also semi-roll their eyes. Like, okay, here we go. Another biopic type thing. Interesting. Uh, you know? It's like, oh, they're going to fail and then they're going to push forward to success. So I think the fact that this movie didn't have that at the beginning and because it was fictitious, all of a sudden made us not try to predict what was happening or try to think how this movie was going to be cliche or not. If you saw a, a, a movie about alcoholic and it said based on true events, 
then I think you already have a predisposed idea as far as how the path will go. I and, mean, for me personally, I thought it was a bit jarring because of the fact that it didn't really yeah. obviously start off with inspired yeah. by true story. And I, I think that worked for in the movies. And it did. I, I, yeah. I really, I really was surprised by that. Yeah. So. And so I wanted to ask you, what is your final review of this film out of five stars? I hate your rules because I know that we have rules that we can't do. We can't do increments because this was a yeah. tough one. I will, I will say this was a tough one so, for me. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our reviews, <laughs> uh, our ratings can only be based on point five stars. Yes. Yeah. So, I I didn't want to. I, I did not want to give it a three point five because I knew that it was definitely above a three point five. But at the same time, I I didn't think it was a strong four. Because there were certain elements that, like I said, so everyone was, will give it a three point eight, and I told look, them he's got to go three, three, five, or because four. we're above five, it will be a four. Because I did give it three point eight, so we'll keep it. You're at rounding up. I am. I have to round up. I have yeah. no choice, right? That's the law of math, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. Yeah, but you're. I may be Asian, but I suck at math. <laughs> you no, know, you're way better than math than I am. Probably. Yes. <laughs> so, I will. I will stick to a four. Do I think it deserves a four? I would say. I would say 85% it deserves a four. Okay. 85%. Is, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that okay? <laughs> that's fine. It's very, that's fine I'm, I'm complicated with the math because that's yes. because maybe I'm not very good at math. But anyways. Yeah. I give it a solid four stars. Amazing work by Ben Affleck. 100%. Re, yep. A realistic portrayal of a man in a downward spiral of alcoholism portrayed in a very non-cliche, um, identifiable, relatable way. I can't, I can't help but think that he channeled his own inner demons for this. Regardless if he did or didn't, it's an impacting, emotionally resonant film. Great job, Ben Affleck. Great yes. job, Gavin O'Connor. Yes, emotionally, I, I I was connected with it, and I think that it was endearing to see a man come from such a personal heartache to redemption. Yep. So, yeah, I okay, I'll give it a soft four. Soft four. A okay. soft four. Got it. So. All right, we're gonna go on break, and we're gonna play a couple of trailers for the films that we are going to be reviewing next week, as well as a little snippet of our favorite. Of one of my favorite Ben Affleck moments. Stay tuned. Junior year. You can hardly believe it. Thanks, Dad. Well, we need to talk about your sexual health. No, no, please no. I want you to be safe. Dad, why are you giving me these? Don't forget to have fun. Yes, well, I have a lot of rubbers for that, specifically. I think you should branch out, make some new friends. Nope. You never know what could happen. That's what I'm afraid of. My letters are my most secret possessions. I write them when I have a crush so intense, I don't know what else to do. There are five total. Peter, the most popular guy in school. Kenny from camp. Lucas from homecoming. John Ambrose from Model UN. And Josh, but he's my sister's boyfriend. What are you doing? Nothing. Nobody else knows about them. So who's this guy you're dating? His name is Peter, and he and Large Human would be together if it wasn't for me. Because he didn't even know she existed. But I mailed out a secret love letter she wrote for him. Can I talk to you? Technically, she wrote five. Anyway, he started fake dating to make his ex-girlfriend jealous. She went nuts. And cover up Large Human's real crush. And then everything got all weird, and they started real dating on their totally real girlfriend and real boyfriend, and they are adorable. That's cool, actually. Hey. Hi. Say it out loud with me. 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, like always. Have fun. Not too much fun. Oh. I think this is from the real soccer team. <laughs> Sometimes I wish my boyfriend was more anonymous. Heavy's the head that wears the crown. Nope. 
That's your cat. Oh, oh no, no. This is all you, boo boo. I don't want this it. This is all you. I don't you. want it, though. That's for you. John Ambrose McLaren. Oh, my God. Dear Laura Jean, I couldn't believe when I opened that letter and it was from you. It's been, what, five years? And the Oscar goes to Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Yeah! <laughs> I just said to Matt, losing would suck and winning would be really scary. And it's really, really scary. Uh, um, you know, we're, we're, we're just really two young guys who uh, were fortunate enough to be involved with a lot of great people whom uh, it's coming upon us to, there's no way we're doing this in less than 20 seconds, who, on, upon whom it's incumbent of us to thank. Um, Harvey Weinstein, who believed in us and made this movie. Gus Van Sant for brilliant direction. Robin Williams, who delivered some straight lines. Minnie Driver, who's performed some brilliant. Stellan Skarsgård, who was great. Your brother. Um, my brother Casey, who's brilliant in the Cole movie. Hauser. Cole Hauser. My mother John, John and Matt's mother, the most beautiful my women mom. here. My dad right morning. over there. And um, Jack said hi to you. And uh, All right. Who, who, who uh, John uh, Gordon from Miramax. John Gordon. Uh, Chris Moore produced Chris the Moore. movie. And, Chris uh, Moore. Patrick Weitzel, the best agent in Hollywood. Yeah, and, uh, Patrick Weitzel. And Cuba Gooding for showing us how to give our acceptance speech. And uh, um, all our friends and, and family. And, and everybody back in and, Boston watching us tonight. And thank you so much, the city of Boston. And, 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 and God, I know we're forgetting somebody. Whoever we forgot, we love you. We, and we love thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, we are back. What you just heard were trailers for To All the Boys I've Loved Before, Parts 1 and 2. The, Will, I'm waiting for your comment. The, yep, there it is. The. <laughs> and we also just heard the acceptance speech of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck when they won their first Academy Award for writing Best Original Screenplay for Good Will Hunting back in 1998. Uh, film was released in 1997. Damon. Yes. Matt Damon. Yes. That, that, He's that's from what movie again? World, world, <laughs> Team America, Team America, World Police, World Patrol. What people, was it called again? People. I have not seen this movie. My is looking at me very, very sternly yeah. right now. So we are actually looking at each other. We didn't say this before, but we usually record remotely. But we are putting our lives in our own hands yes. and in the same room with each other. We are we are not at the um, at the minimum six feet apart. No. We are about we are we are we are one inch apart right now. No, that's a lot. I lie. feel this hot breath on my neck. That's that's <laughs> un, and that's very uncomfortable. Yes, <laughs> to say we're we're about maybe four or five feet apart. No, I'd four say. feet. Yeah, yeah, four feet. Anyway, I wanted to talk about Ben Affleck. Now, this is a man. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you see it, he has had his entire life play out. Um, in the public eye and it's been probably really uh, rough for him he's had big breakups um he abused alcohol and there is all this footage of him um from various sources where he was drunk in public or with uh, women right after his divorce um he has had weight issues he has gotten really really big and then really really ripped and then gotten really really big again he has yo-yoed back and forth. His Hollywood career has been to great highs and deep lows, and then he would eventually rebound to other deep highs. And I think he was just maybe most recently in a deep low, and he is rebounding as we speak. Um, Weirdly enough, even when he's really, really big, he still looks good. I'm just saying, yeah. he looks he looks good even when he's big. Yeah. So honestly, in, in, in the way back, I think he was pushing at least what? He's like at 6'2", 6'3". Yeah. He might have been like 250 in this movie. No joke. Than, maybe a little bit more than yeah. that. Yeah. He still looked good. Yeah. yeah. He still looked great. Yeah. 
So, I mean, this is a man who I think had his vulnerabilities and his, um, the fact that we've seen him so high and so low, I think in some strange way has made him just more endearing. People love him and they want to see him succeed. And when he fails, people are rooting for him to come back, which is very different from the guy that he grew up with and apparently has known since he was in elementary school, Matt Damon, who is pretty Matt much one of the Damon. most straight, arrowed, middle of the road guys. Uh, I mean, seems to keep to himself a lot, you know, yeah. I mean, like his life is pretty private. Yeah. And, and I mean, he, even his relationship, he met his wife who was a bartender. Yep. She already had kids. He married her, took her kids as his own, had more kids. Uh, with her and has been married this whole time and uh, Matt Damon is has probably probably one of the most squeaky clean images in all of Hollywood next to Ron Howard yeah and then him and Ben Affleck are best friends and yet Ben Affleck half the time is is a dumpster fire <laughs> and then the other half <laughs> harsh, is but true harsh but true but no I say that because the other half of the time he is soaring on eagle's wings yeah yes that's that's really cheesy but it's true really good comeback yeah, yeah. Nice but re- nice but recovery. I do think because of his ups and downs we love him for it and he is vulnerable and real and he has to be because he messes up so much but we still are rooting for him to come back so I with that backstory uh will you and I have put down our list of top five favorite Ben Affleck moments. I think it would be great to go through these and let's alternate. Uh, You go first with your number five moment and I'll go next with my five and we'll keep going in that fashion. So let me ask you, Will, what is your number five moment? Well, okay. I need to first uh, introduce just from, from what I've researched and, and being able to look up with Ben Affleck, like, look, Ben Affleck has had an arduous journey in the film industry with trying to transition from independent films, but constantly being turned down from big roles, you know? And and what I appreciate about him as mm-hmm. an actor yeah. is that his tenacity to go beyond the typical Hollywood trail of making it and taking it into his own hands by teaming up with his lifelong friend, Matt Damon, and writing a script in which paved the way for the rest of their lives. And obviously that script being Goodwill Hunting in 1997. My top five isn't listed from least to best or vice versa because the films I've chosen from his resume are like basically from what his films yeah. are all on equal bounds. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm starting off Fair enough. with Goodwill Hunting because obviously that's, that's what right. basically started off their, okay. their career. So basically. these are just your five moments, just, not ranked. Just no rank. Okay. No, there's no rank. They're Fair all enough. on equal bounds. And, and Goodwill Hunting, dude, it's what kicked off him and Matt Damon's career immensely the best moment for this film isn't strictly limited to his acting, but more so the fact that it was his first big project, his baby, his and Matt's creation that brought in nine Academy Award nominations and winning two. Like this, this is this is freaking them at at twenty five years old, I believe. Mm-hmm. What's that? You Hang on a You're a first year grad student. You just got finished reading some Moxian historian, Pete Garrison, probably. You're gonna be convinced of that till next month when you get to James Lemon. Then you're gonna be talking about how the economies of Virginia and Pennsylvania were entrepreneurial and capitalist way back in 1740. That's gonna last until next year. You're gonna be in here regurgitating Gordon Wood talking about you know the pre-revolutionary utopia and the capital forming effects of military mobilization. As a matter of fact, I won't because Wood drastically underestimates the impact Wood of social dis- Wood drastically underestimates the impact of social distinctions predicated upon wealth, especially inherited wealth. You got that from Vickers. Work in Essex County, page 98, right? Yeah, I read that too. Were you going to plagiarize the whole thing for us? Do you have any thoughts of 
of your own on this matter? But you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own, as your own idea, just to impress some girls, embarrass my friend. See, the sad thing about a guy like you is, in 50 years, you're gonna start doing some thinking on your own, and you're gonna come up with the fact that there are two certainties in life. One, don't do that. And two, you dropped 150 grand on a fucking education you could have got for a dollar fifty in late charges at the public library. <laughs> Yeah, but I will have a degree, and you'll be serving my kids fries at a drive-thru on our way to a skiing trip. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but at least I won't be unoriginal. And I remember an interview with Matt Damon where he said, I am so glad I won this at such an early age because I couldn't sleep that night, and I just all I did was like sit on my bed and look at that statue and realize like... Or how am I going to top this? No, no, more of just like, it, it's just, it's just a statue and realizing more of his passion mm. of being this, this writer and an actor, storyteller, just yeah. storyteller in general, like, like it, like all this hype, you know, that it's like hype of, 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 of winning this, uh, this accolade really comes down to like, well, where do you go from there? You don't, you keep going because that's not what defines you as a creative, you know? You, you 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 continue to uh, take risks and, and and do what you have to, and I think that that really applied for both Matt and Ben. Um, the journey to making this film uh, for Goodwill Hunting had its temporary roadblocks because specifically they did not want to give up creative control, and it was an, and it was a non negotiable for both of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad that the creative control uh, was granted to them, and it it is big thanks to their also long life friend kevin, kevin smith. smith yes and and they basically were first accepted by castle rock but then castle rock didn't want to give them creative control so they had to turn them down and then that's when kevin smith showed and said hey let me take it into miramax harvey weinstein and they said hey we love it and we yeah. want to take this risk with you and look what like like that's where yeah. it went so literally that that was my number five uh okay the film itself is beautifully done it's obviously great. It's one amazing. of my favorite films. And I, and I know that, that they, they had a lot of help from Kevin Smith. And I think that just kind of goes to show, though, too. Like, Kevin Smith really helped Matt and Ben also with their in, with their acting career in general by doing all those great independent films. My, my Chasing cult, Amy, Mallrats. Mallrats, Clerks, Dogma, like those cult classics, basically. Wait, was Matt... I honestly haven't seen Clerks. Was was Ben Affleck in that? I believe Clerks, Matt Affleck... I may be wrong. Right. So I'm right. just, I right. just right. know that because of the fact that, like, him and Kevin are, like, best friends, you know, close friends. Before Jennifer Garner, I'm sorry, I just had to throw that fact in there because I know Kevin Smith have stated that Jennifer Garner does not like Kevin Smith. But anyways, it's just you look at this this story and this journey, and and the, and, and it's so inspiring to create such a film like Goodwill Hunting because mm. you know anyone knows who have seen Goodwill Hunting, it is a brilliant film. It made you think that anyone with drive and creativity can make something great. And I think in that way, they inspired all of us. Yeah. yeah. And especially for Robin Williams too, winning yeah. Best Supporting Actor. Is there a specific that. moment that you loved in the film? Dude, I, there's there's way too many moments. Uh, I mean, Ben Affleck obviously played that supporting role as well because it was really more driven towards Matt yeah. and Robin. But like, I will say if we're talking about Ben, it will be that scene where he basically towards i think more towards the end where he looks at matt at the construction site and says you know if you stay here and you take this job i'm, I'm gonna, I'm kick gonna your kill ass. you yeah. yeah i'm gonna kick your i'm gonna kill you basically kick your ass yeah. because 
he it was so like i said there's something about ben being so authentically like amazing at when he is able to execute like dialogue yeah. to really make you believe like wow yeah he means it he means it yeah like you have something that we all wish we we wish we all had and that scene of his of, of him talking to matt like that was like wow holy crap and matt even taking it as like i didn't ever expect that that was a great scene yeah so anyways cool. you're number five my so my my top five they are ranked, um, but I'm cheating also. I'm going to squeeze a couple of, a couple of honor, honorable mentions in here. Uh, one is in Pearl Harbor when Ben Affleck is trying to um, court Kate Beckinsale, and they're sitting in front of the the hospital where she works, and he brings out some champagne, mm. and then uh, the champagne cork pops out of the bottle and hits him square in the nose, and he's trying to play it off, but his nose is swelling, and he starts okay. to get teary eyed. So, uh, I want to thank you. And I just wanted to uh, put your mind at ease about passing me because I, I really do think you did this country a service. I mean, I'm, I am a great flyer. And if you have a fault, which you obviously don't, it, it's modesty. No, if I have a fault, it's candor. You are just so... <laughs> Cork just got away from me. God, it hurts. Such a good scene, and it just shows what what a great comedic actor Ben Affleck can be. And the second honorable mention, I'm squeezing another one in here. I'm sorry, folks. Is uh, the in the town the action sequence in the middle of the film? where they are all dressed up as nuns. I mean, that's their thing. They dress up as nuns. But in the middle of the film, there's one in particular, which ends in this huge car chase, and they stop right in front of a patrol car. And the patrol car, the police officer standing in front of it, looks into the getaway car and sees a bunch of nuts nuns staring back at him. Nuts and, nuns. And everyone kind of laughs just for a second. <laughs> uh, uh, if I put this in my top five, I would have three out of my top five Ben Affleck moments from the same movie, and I couldn't have that, so it got left, left off. So, but I'm saying I'm mentioning it here anyway. Getting to my top five, <laughs> uh, my number five moment for, uh, that involves Ben Affleck is from the boiler room. His long monologue. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. I haven't actually. Yeah. Sad. There's Sad. a bunch of new employees here that all, are all showing up, and uh, they're trying to make some quick cash and. Um, he walks in and his job is to inspire these people. And this scene is a complete ripoff of Glengarry, Glen Ross, but who the hell cares? Okay, before we get started, I have one question. Has anyone here passed the Series 7 exam? I have a Series 7 license. Good for you. You can get out too. What? Why? We don't hire brokers here. We train new ones. That's it, Skippy. Pack your shit. Let's go. Here's the deal. I'm not here to waste your time, okay? And I certainly hope you're not here to waste mine. So I'm gonna keep this short. Become an employee of this firm, you will make your first million within three years, okay? I'm gonna repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of your first day of employment at J.T. Marlin. There is no question as to whether or not you'll become a millionaire working here. The only question is how many times over. You think I'm joking? I am not joking. I am a millionaire. It's a weird thing to hear, right? I tell you, it's a weird thing to say. I am a fucking millionaire. 
I guess how old I am. 27. You know what that makes me here? A fucking senior citizen. This firm is entirely comprised of people your age, not mine. Lucky for me, I happen to be very fucking good at my job or I'd be out of one. You guys are the new blood. You're gonna go home with the Kessif. You are the future big swinging dicks of this firm. Now, y'all look money hungry, and that's good. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You want details? Fine. I drive a Ferrari, 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. You are required to work your fucking ass off at this firm. We want winners here, not pikers. A piker walks at the bell. Piker asks how much vacation time you get in the first year. Vacation time? People come and work at this firm for one reason, to become filthy rich. That's it. We're not here to make friends. We're not saving the fucking manatees here, guys. You want vacation time? Go teach third grade public school. That's my number five moment. What is your, what, your next moment, Will? My number four moment is from Armageddon. Um, Michael Bay, I know that a lot of his films... Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, You know, don't have this, this like, ooh, amazing, like, Oscar-winning, whatever kind of thing. But really, like, Armageddon, like, favorite moment when he and Harry, played by Bruce Willis, buttheads as they drill into the meteor uh, to plant the bomb with the last driller called the Armadillo. Mm -hmm. It is a turning point for Ben's character, AJ. This is the scene where they've blown all their transmissions. They have to get to a certain point in the meteor, and then... um, And and that's the last Armadillo they have, because they're the one that... And Harry's saying, you have to stop, and then Ben Affleck's saying, no, I know this. Yes, it'll for work. once, it'll for once in your life, trust me, to me in this yeah. and listen to Great me. Yeah. yeah, And so, um, ultimately, striving to gain respect, basically from Harry as well. Like that mm-hmm. was the main thing too, was just to gain that respect. Uh, but this also leads up to another favorite moment where the bomb has been uh, planted, but it has to be manually detonated, and AJ draws the shortest straw because they all have to draw straws. So he accepts it, and he takes it like a man and goes, "Okay," but Harry. Uh, basically, as he goes and and uh, assists AJ down the elevator shaft to to like basically escort him out, uh, forces AJ's hand. Oh! Hey, Mr. Truman, oh! make sure Truman gets that. Get in here. It's my turn now. And it's such a really beautiful moment because the moment that, that like, you know, Bruce uh, as Harry um, being that, like, very strong father figure 
and 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 makes the elevator shaft go back up. He looks at Ben and he says, "I love you, son." And 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 Ben is just in tears, like yelling, "I love you, Harry. I love you." And man, I I will admit, I was almost in tears as well because what 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 a sacrifice that was too. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I will give credit to Michael Bay that he does have a good amount of moments where he can make such yeah. a moment. They're they're on the and, nose. Michael Bay emotional moments, but if they're earned, they they could they work. And here I thought it worked. They it worked. earned it because yes, whenever when, if I'm about in tears, like close to tears, I'm like, okay, you earned it. It may have been a little, it may have been a little like like predictable or cheesy, but the way it was executed was because, like I said, Ben has a way to really emotionally connect with the audience. He does, and he it does. really transpires. Like it really yep. just comes through. So mm-hmm. that was my number four. Great. My number four moment is from the town, and simply put, it's basically Ben Affleck trying to hide Renner's Jeremy Renner's tattoo. So I think what Ben Affleck directs really well is subtext, meaning in a scene outwardly, you know, something is happening that could be considered very boring, but he conveys very dramatically what is happening underneath it all. Now we know that uh, Ben Affleck's character Doug and the character that Renner plays. Uh, Renner's character is named Jimmy Coughlin. They're bank robbers. And the opening scene of the movie, they rob a bank. And, you know, Jimmy Coughlin is like the um, co- the guy without a conscience. He doesn't care. But Doug, played by Ben Affleck, has a conscience. And he doesn't want to hurt anyone if he doesn't have to. He, has a, he makes a connection with a woman named Claire. And um, he actually takes a liking to her. So unbeknownst to Claire... Doug asks her out and they're, they are out on a date and Claire doesn't know that she is dating the head thief uh, that just robbed the bank that she works at. So they're having a little meal and then Jimmy Coughlin, Renner, shows up and he knows who she is. She doesn't know who he is. And then we know at this point that one of the only things that Claire knows about the robbery is that one of the uh, thieves had has a uh, fighting Irish tattoo on the back of his neck. Hi. Hi. Hey. Hi. Jim. 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 Jim's just Jim. I'm a, I'm a friend of this. This loses right here. Nice hey, well, sit down. You. Sit down. Relax. Right. <laughs> so I, I saw your uh, fucking avalanche parked on the corner. So. The avalanche. Truck. Fucking truck. His work truck right there. Dougie's quite the worker. Yeah. So have you two known each other a long time or since we were six, we're like brothers, right? But he's never mentioned a word about you. Secrets this way, huh? huh. <laughs> Did you say your name was Jim or Jen? Uh Jen, well, it's both, actually. Um Teachers, when we're growing up, you know, they used to always say, hey, you can have this one. He's a real gem. So I guess it kind of stuck. Whatever. So what do you do for yourself there, Claire? Oh, I work at a bank. I'm a bank manager. You're a bank manager? Sounds fun. What bank? Uh, Cambridge Merchants. Just, just over there. Cambridge Merchants. That, wait, that, that's the one that just got robbed, didn't it? Got right? robbed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. See, I read about that. It's crazy. Huh. So then how is it that, that you two met? Um, we met at a laundromat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love among the bleach, right? 
Hey, it happens more than you think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Claire, don't get too used to your life. It leaves you here. Dougie here, he's, he's, a, he's a real workaholic, you know. He's always taking his work home with him. How you? All right. All right, brother. Take care of yourself, all right? Uh-huh. You're good. I'll see you at home. Ben Affleck knows that as soon as, you know, Coughlin gets up and is about to walk away, she can see his tattoo. So he tries to hide it in a very sly, very cool way. Have you seen this movie, by the way? I don't think I have. I think it's better. I think it's a better Boston crime movie than The Departed. I actually, it, it's wow. way better than The Departed, in my opinion. And uh, it is just a perfectly acted scene in which uh, context, subtext, and performances and editing all come together perfectly. So that is my number four moment from nice. the film. Nice, right on. Yeah. Uh, what is your number three moment? All right. Well, speaking of Michael Bay, I'm sorry, but this is another Michael Bay film. Number three is Pearl Harbor oh. for me. Hold on. Hold on now. You're all right. You're all right. I'm not going to make it. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are, Danny. Look at me. I'm so cold. I'm so cold. You're all right. Hey. You ready? Can you do me a favor? What? Can you help someone else write my name on the tombstone? You're not going to die. Look at me. Listen to me. You ain't going to die. You hear me? Danny. Danny, you can't die. You can't die. You know why? Because you're going to be a father. You're going to be a daddy. I was supposed to do that. When Rafe tells Danny he can't die, Rafe is is the character that is played by Ben Affleck and Danny is played by Josh Hartnett. Uh, Rafe tells Danny he can't die because he's going to be a father. Um, yeah, because they both had a this, it was a love triangle between them and and Kate Beckinsale's character, and and Danny says looks at Rafe in the eyes and tells him no, and he is like no like you are, and and I was like holy crap like again like simple line and a moment of like great pause a great beat and and then just and then the moment that when it gets to the towards the end of the film where uh uh the kid is like the son's born and and whatnot and and ben affleck looks at his son and says hey danny do you want to go for a ride or do you want to go like for a flight or whatever i forgot the i forgot the specific i'm paraphrasing but it was just so emotional as well i don't know what it is about ben i don't know what it is about ben when it comes to the emotional moments like that because it you really, connect with him I, I do he does such a good job with that i don't know what it is you are you identify with his uh you know fallibilities and his vulnerabilities and i think as an actor that's what you need and i think like we talked about that's why we love him so much as an actor that's the irony though too because it's like i can't i'm, I'm like trying to think of other amazing actors that i have that same connection with when it comes to watching films you know Mm -hmm. i mean granted i can always give you like my favorite actors like gary oldman i love him because he is such a chameleon he is amazing 
in diversity of how he's able to portray himself portray himself in roles right but like with ben affleck there's something about yeah you're right there's something about his way of not just executing his dialogue but the way how he just in his eyes in his body language in in just the way how he emotionally executes it i'm just like what the frick dude how Mm -hmm. am i having a man crush on you right now like i'm just like how it is what it is yeah he's just (laughs) very identifiable yeah and you just just feel whatever he's feeling freaking bad man he's like a, a little bit of a raw nerve in that he's just so exposed i think that we all i like are that there with him yeah you're right it's like a raw nerve yeah seriously yeah. so anyways yeah. that, that was my number three what is your number three my number three comes from the film argo um so really a real quick synopsis ben affleck plays tony mendez and he is trying to get six americans out of tehran by faking a location shoot for a fake motion picture called argo which is basically a Star Wars knockoff. Now, this story sounds ridiculous, and it's only believable because it actually happens. This is true. Yeah. So let let me tell you what's happening here. Um, you know, Tony Mendez, Ben Affleck's character, gets six Americans that are being that are basically stuck in Tehran. He gets them to the gate of an airplane, and he's trying to get them onto the plane so they can come back to America safely. But the bad guys, you know, the terrorists, they know what's happening, and they're trying to stop them at the gate. So first off, they get onto the plane only because one of the six Americans, they, they cook up some crazy story that which convinces the guard at the gate to let them through onto the plane. But also as the plane is about to take off, there are soldiers with machine guns and there are also police officers and patrol cars racing down the runway to try to stop the plane from taking off. Swiss Air 363, clearance for taxi. Swiss Air 363, you are number two for departure. Now, all this is happening unbeknownst to the plane pilots as well as most of the uh, passengers on the plane. The only reason why we know what's really happening is Ben Affleck's character is looking out his window and seeing these cop cars and he's literally praying, please, God, don't let them stop us. Please let us take off correctly. Now, this is another scene, once again, where on the surface, it is just people on a plane and no one knows anything is going on. But hmm. as an audience, we know exactly what's happening and we see the huge volcano of emotions underneath what might just look like a standard plane takeoff. And that's why the scene works so well. And I think that's why the movie works so well under Ben Affleck's direction. I think that's why I won Best Picture. Mm. And I think this is, you know, like we said, one of the heights of his film career. Nice. Yeah. Real nice. So what is your second moment? Number two is Gone Girl. Yep. That, the ending scene 
and Ben finds himself realizing there's no escape for him with his sociopathic wife. Yeah. Uh, that's not even a word. Is sociopathic right? No, sociopath wife. And finding out. Hey, like we said last week, <laughs> make up words. If people know what you mean, cool. make it a word. But yes, so great. So sociopath wife uh, and finding out that she's pregnant. And it's a scene where he grabs her by the neck and shoves her up the wall. I'm the cunt you married. The only time you liked yourself was when you were trying to be someone this cunt might like. I'm not a quitter. I'm that cunt. I've killed for you. Who else can say that? You think you'd be happy with a nice Midwestern girl? No way, baby. I'm it. Look, you're delusional. I mean, you're insane. Why would you even want this? Yes, I loved you. And then all we did was resent each other and try to control each other. It caused each other pain. That's marriage. And the way Ben yeah. looks with his eyes again was like, I am stuck. Like, defeated. I am defeated. And also at the same time, <laughs> you're kind of thinking, yeah, yep. everything she said is true. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like literally, I think there would have been no one better than Ben and yeah. her to really pull that off. Yeah. I think the reason why he his casting in that part works so well as well is uh, he plays someone that is kind of not the most likable guy. But at the same time, is likable and is vulnerable. I fell for like, him. Yeah, he lost his job. Yeah, and and he was trying to find a way to get back on his feet. I don't think anyone could have played that character and still made him likable, but Ben Affleck did. Yes. Yeah. It completely, and I think that he was a dick in the movie. He, he cheated on his wife. Yes. He, he drove did. her to do what she did, and now she has a revenge on him. And you feel for the guy, even though he's not really likable. I'm curious to know that if it was because of what he did, obviously when he cheated on her like initiated her socio like her her sociopath like pathic instincts or, or mentality i don't know I, mm. I i'm just like that's such an interesting way of how things get triggered yeah for me so yeah so that that scene was like intense mm. um so yeah you're number two my number two scene comes from once again the town and is the final fenway park uh robbery sequence it is staged so so well they know that they shouldn't be pulling this job um, but because uh, there's so much money at stake, they choose to do it anyway. And what happens in any sort of robbery movie where they know they're doing a job that they shouldn't be doing because they're greedy? What happens? It always goes south. And that's what of happens course. here. And uh, it is staged so well from beginning to end. And at the end, you know it's not going to end well, even though you want it to end well. But then when it when it all starts to fall apart and when Jimmy and Doug get cornered and... Um, you know, Doug, played by Ben Affleck, is able to get away. It is a great character scene, I would say, for Jeremy Renner. Visual on Coughlin, heading south toward Boylston. Hotel parking lot on Van Ness. He's dressed as BPD. Officer! Coughlin! Fuck you! 
Hold on, Jimmy, let me see those hands. Hold right Really, really, really um, great pivotal scene in the film. And uh, that is my number two. So your final film that you want to talk about, Will. All right. My final film. And I know that you weren't the biggest fan of this film. No, I, thought I liked it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, it comes down to my number one. But number, it's all on equal bands. There's no ranking really here. It's, it's, it's from Triple Frontier. It's a Netflix uh, original film. It was the stock, the scene where they're stocking money from the drug lord's home. Throughout the film, uh, when you when you see Ben's character as the leader for the mission to rob a drug lord, uh, to drop to rob the drug lord, he carried a sense of professionalism. Like throughout the throughout the first half of the film, he was poised. He had great strategy. This like, is when all the money was in the walls, right? Yes. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they broke down and realized where the money was because yeah. they couldn't find it at first. But yeah. before all that happened and, and it, all the planning, all the strategy, all the – all the uh, just the timing, like Ben's character really came off as like, man, you are a professional because they were all once, uh, I believe, Navy SEALs. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. However, as they were packing the bags filled with money and time ran out, Ben's character – it takes yeah, he a cracked turn. and he's not so professional anymore but, but which which yeah. i got i understood because of his daughter and how obviously his his uh broken marriage all that stuff when he comes back to live as a civilian i get it but it, it, he did such a well job on uh the character arc because um throughout the rest of the film we just see the repercussions of his choice to not stick to the plan and and how it affects the entire mission like his character arc at that moment became interesting in that he did well showing how his statue of precision strategy and poise began chipping away basically what are we shooting at in here Is that Larea? He's dead. Good. That's two down in the front hall. That's three. That's four. Get back to the gate. I'm sure they dropped a few guys out there. Like he literally, like to me, I thought this guy can do no wrong. This guy got, he has everything together. Like even though he comes back from a home where, you know, he has a daughter and he, you know, has a divorced wife though. Like, you know, he's just trying to live, get by and just be a regular citizen. But the moment that he gets this kind of mission and, and he goes and takes it on and sees the money, he sees like this idea of like, wow. We, I, I can just do so much more. I can do so much more. But with that comes that repercussion of like, wow, I am letting down my team and my um, my professionalism for greed and mm-hmm. and like this 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 statue that I saw this 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 guy who was so like what seemed flawless, mm-hmm. yeah, chips all of a sudden like yeah. all the cracks started yeah. happening. He saw the money and it changed him. And it was crazy yeah, because even his teammates were like, we got to go. We have to leave. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Yeah, I was like, "Wow!" To say that to your to your commanding officer. Yeah, that's where I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, cracked yeah. under pressure. 
Yeah, I did love that moment. Good choice, Will. Yeah. All right, my number one. my number one moment in any Ben Affleck film comes from Goodwill Hunting. Hey. It, it is a showy scene, but you know what? It's totally fine. Um, I really, really loved it, and this is when I felt like you know Ben Affleck had arrived. I remember I watched this in a theater. I was seventeen years old, and I watched it with a girl I was dating at the time. We uh, went out to AMC in Norwalk, saw this film, and I was like, oh, wow, these guys, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, they're, they're going to rule. This was, what, 23 years ago? Good Lord. That's cute. I, I am dated, people. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this scene is great. Um, this is basically uh, what I like to call it is the best part of my day scene. So... Ben Affleck plays Chucky, and he's trying to talk to his friend Will, played by Matt Damon. Will is a genius, but he is scared Thank to you, do I anything. I'm oh, yes. sorry. I mean, that Will. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Will uh, Hunting is a genius, <laughs> <laughs> and he's scared to use his abilities um, because of the, uh, the baggage that he has in his life. And then Chucky, his best friend, tells him, listen, if you're still doing what I'm doing in 20 years, I'm going to kill you. I want a way out of here for him, and I'm going to fucking live here the rest of my life. You know, be neighbors, you know, we'll have little kids, fucking take them a little league together up Foley Field. Look, you're my best friend, so don't take this the wrong way. In 20 years, if you're still living here, coming over my house to watch the Patriots game, still working construction, I'll fucking kill you. That's not a threat. That's a fact. I'll fucking kill you. What the fuck are you talking about? Look. You got something none of us. Have. Oh, come on. Why, why is it always this? I mean, I fucking owe it to myself to do this or that. What if I don't no, want to? No, 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 no. Fuck you. You don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. Because tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'll be 50. And I'll still be doing this shit. That's all right. That's fine. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. You're too much of a pussy to cash it in. And that's bullshit. Because I'd do fucking anything to have what you got. So would any of these fucking guys. It'd be an insult to us if you're still here in 20 years. Hanging around here is a fucking waste of your time. You don't know that. I don't? No, you don't know that. No, I don't know that. Let me tell you what I do know. Every day I come by your house and I pick you up. And we go out, we have a few drinks and a few laughs and it's great. You know what the best part of my day is? for about 10 seconds from when I pull up to the curb and when I get to your door. Because I think maybe I'll get up there and I'll knock on the door and you won't be there. No goodbye, no see you later, no nothing. And this is like, okay, Ben Affleck has arrived. And what's funny is uh, Ben and Matt, they talked about how they wrote this movie and a lot of it is just acting out scenes. They were improving and riffing and whatever worked, they wrote it down. In the middle of when they were working too, like in the middle of like when they were on sets, yeah. they'll get the script and yeah. be like, okay, make adjustments and yeah. like, like yeah. really try to figure it out. And I think that's why this movie works so well. The dialogue pops and it's just so reactive and real and authentic to the characters. And I thought, you know, they did a good job and I really did believe uh, that they earned the Academy Award, that they won. And I was just so happy to see these talented guys arrive. So that's my number one moment. I liked how you said one, that they won. One, one. <laughs> no, you know what's funny is, is I don't know the right pronunciation. One. Yeah, I always say like we won. And then people keep correcting me and say we won. Wait, who's won? No, I just, that's how I always say it. You're not the, no, you, so I want to ask all of you, how do you say it? 
we won, we want are both acceptable, or is it? Does it have to be we won? I know we won is the more accepted. Hello. My name is Juan. Yes, W O N. My name is Juan. Anyway, <laughs> let us know what you think. <laughs> is Juan acceptable? Is it not? I'm probably wrong. That here. threw me out for a moment. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. When I heard you say, I was like, "Wait, what?" Do you know what this reminds me of? <laughs> this, it remind it's that of? whole thing. Um, for the longest time, I would put two spaces behind my period, right? And then when I started writing with uh, Andrew, who is actually going to be uh, uh, on our roundtable next week, he says, "No, you're supposed to put one space after the period." No, no, I did and in I was high like, school. In high school, yeah. they, they told me to put two spaces yeah. every after every. But period. then it turns out that is actually accepted across the board. If you want to use one, it's fine. If you want to use two, it's fine. But when you're writing a script, if your script is a little bit too long, what is one way to save space? Take out the space, that extra space after the period. Wait, wait, is it what is one way or one way? That, that, that's one way <laughs> <laughs> you jerk uh, anyway guys uh, that is our episode for this week uh, in the midst of these uncertain times we hope that we were able to uh, get your mind off things at least for a brief moment we love you guys thank you for listening love you all and thank this you. is Myron and Will tuning out till next time the intellect I'm the intellect yes goodwill goodwill kill. I'm the goodwill kill <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs> Bye.